Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is the Launch Source Talent Hacks podcast, um, and this is Chris back with Sasanka after a couple weeks of uh, him being out. Actually, he's fresh off the plane back from Bangkok, Thailand, where we were in a little startup competition. Sasanka, welcome back. How you doing? Thanks, man. Still, uh, still recovering from that that, that long trip, a uh, little jet lag. So. If the, if the body's shaking a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Okay, well, just don't shake the table because yeah. the mics are sensitive. <laughs> okay, so uh, on the menu today, well, I guess the, the topic of conversation today is, um, is a book uh, called Managing Oneself by Peter F. Drucker. And, um, and this book was originally published in the Harvard Business Review, I think in 1999, towards the end of... Uh, Mr. Drucker's life, um, and uh, and Sasanka, you gave me this book uh, to read. Um, you know, we've been working on some personal development initiatives, both yourself and and you, kind of mentoring me on some of these things. So uh, I thought it was a perfect thing to talk about as I read it, and I uh, thought it was pretty cool. Um, and really, you know, this book uh, I think is really great for a lot of different people, whether you're a manager. Uh, who's just who's just becoming a manager or you've been managing people for a while or if you are um, like a, a, an entry-level person and you just want to figure out how do I manage my career how do I uh, get better and understand my strengths that's what this book is really about and I think it's important to be able to manage yourself before you can really manage other people um, it's it's about 50 pages but I'm telling you it's like it's about the size of my hand and, you know, I don't have trump size hands, but they're, you know, it, it's a small book. It's 50 pages. It's probably, if you put it on computer paper, like 10 pages or something. So it's more like a long article, but um, really good, and I recommend it. And I'll, I'll say it again at the end, uh, managing oneself. But, um, but really, it's just, uh, it starts off, and it's kind of about finding your strengths, right? And, um, and I think this will help people understand, you know, themselves and their employees, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the first things it talks about are identifying, you know, what are my strengths and, um, and, you know, right off the bat with this book, it talks about feedback analysis. And I thought that was really relevant, especially to today's world where everything is about data driven decisions, right? So why not apply that concept to your, your life? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's it's really about first understand to your point understand your strengths but where you should focus your time whether in your personal or professional life right and and you've probably heard me speak about this a lot whether we're we're using strength finders or using managing oneself it's 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 hey through the experiences that you have what are the strengths that you want to spend time with and i think a lot of either managers or individuals I've seen in, in, in my career focus on areas where they're not so passionate about, may not be their strength. And, and when you ask them about it, right, like they don't even, they don't even reflect on, on the fact that this is not an area I should be spending a lot of time with, right? And I've been very, very conscious of that uh, from my own career, but also, you know, in, in leading a team. And I think that's critical. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're kind of taught through school to improve the areas that we're 
we're doing poorly at. Yep. This book really talks about um, optimizing your strengths. And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of common now. A lot of people understand that kind of theory of, you know, focus on your strengths, optimize your strengths, yep. areas of weakness, you know, try to improve bad habits or whatever it is, but don't focus so much on improving areas of weakness because it'll take much longer to get that to, you know, an area of strength than it will to become not just good, but excellent at, uh, in, in your strength areas. So back to what I was saying, um, it starts with feedback analysis, right? Yep. And, yep. and one of the things that, uh, Peter Drucker, uh, says to do is to make predictions, um, about, you know, all the big decisions you make or key initiatives that, um, you, you put in place in your business. And I think, you know, that's really interesting. I always think about data, you know, data driven decisions as like, okay, let's try something and let's, uh, then look at the data and see what it tells us and, and act on that. But I think it's also important to make those predictions. Um, and, and again, this is talking about yourself too, to really kind of understand like, okay, do I have a good grasp on what I'm good and bad at. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um, and then, so, you know, he, he goes on to talk about, again, improving your strengths um, and then remedying bad habits. And I think that's a little bit different than improving your weaknesses, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, let me ask you, Chris, what did you take out of that re- remedying your weaknesses? And I'll, I'll give you my two cents on that. So remedying your bad habits was more about kind of uh, getting out of your own way. Right. <laughs> so like if you've got a strength and you know you're, you're good at something, like make that path towards actually achieving your goal in that area smoother by, you know, if you if you need to concentrate better or if you need to take, uh, you know, fix the way you actually do things, focus on, on smoothing that journey out. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. So, I mean, a different way of looking at it is, as I've been taught and I've kind of learned is, and I constantly am, am, am trying to work on this is managing areas uh, I, w- I wouldn't say necessarily weaknesses, but areas that I'm, I'm certainly not s- as strong at. Remember, strengths are formed through experiences that you've encountered through whether it's academia, you know, work, personal life, and so forth. And, and as you kind of grow within your career, whether you're a manager or whether you're, uh, you're a recent grad, um, you, you start to find things that you're a little bit more passionate about um, based on the experiences that you have. And then you find areas that you may not be as passionate about and, 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 and also they, they don't really correlate to success and, and however you define success. So um, if it's an entry-level level, uh, uh, employee, right, the, the next milestone, meaning um, promotion or so forth, it's, it's not contributing to that. Um, or if you're building a company, an area of the business that, you know, you need to find somebody to work on, right? So um, certainly different companies have, have different areas that are weaknesses. And I think that's why, you know, one of the big things in startups is finding people that complement uh, and finding a diverse pool of people that can come together to move that idea forward, to move that business forward. Yep, yep. Well, you know, I, I think just another kind of, uh, you know, piece of this, you know, when you're talking about remedying bad habits, um, you know, maybe you're a type of person who already knows their strengths. Maybe you're uh, brilliant at something, right? And that's awesome. That's great if you know that. Um, but I think one of the lines in the book was something around brilliance 
fails when cooperation is required. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this was a, in a whole section about manners, right? And I think he gave an example of, you know, an engineer might think that, you know, having people skills or, uh, yeah, basically people skills um, it, it, or concentrating on dealing with people is a waste of time because people are irrational or something and it's not ideal for an engineer's mind. But... Um, really at some point in your career, whether you're an engineer or you're in sales, you're going to come to a place where you need to cooperate with other people. And, um, and I think no matter how brilliant you are, you need to have those manners, those basic manners and, um, and those soft people skills to, to get things done and cooperate with people. And I think that's one of the things that, um, a lot of recent grads, uh, definitely aren't, aren't that smooth in, in that area. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you think of the world today, right, uh, people are texting, using all these tools, and 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 you know, collaborating, cooperating, right, having those manners sometimes are lost, uh, and that's critical, right. And and we talk about this as as part of your development journey in bringing people together, and 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 it feeds into how different people learn differently. So sometimes it's just taking a step back, right, and and understanding that person's point of view, understanding how that person learns. We we've talked about. Um, you know, kind of how, how your role is evolving and, and, and how we're going to feed into your strengths, but also mine as well, right? Uh, and, and that's why we're on this journey together. So I think that that's an excellent kind of uh, a takeaway from that, you know, in, in regards to, um, you know, brilliance. And, and you can be as brilliant as you want, but, you know, remembering manners and, and being cooperative and collaborative uh, is, is important and something to keep in mind. With. Cool. So, yeah, you actually perfectly kind of segued into the next kind of section of the book, <laughs> which is um, looking at how do I perform? So the first part is what are my strengths and kind of identifying that. And the second part is how do I perform? And I guess I kind of separated that into like kind of a couple different areas. One is information intake. And it asks, are you a reader or a listener? And I thought it was really cool. And and this book is awesome because it gives real life examples. And it talks about um, different presidents and generals and um, and how they've they've taken information. And I think, um, I don't know, I'm going to mix up the names. So I'm just going to say certain people, you know, are, are fine at listening to questions from people and then answering them right away, where other people need to have something uh, written out for them, to, for them to really understand the question that's being asked. And uh, it seems like such a simple concept. But when, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, wow, you know, I'm asking myself, am I a reader or a listener? And um, I think personally, I'm kind of a reader. Like, you know, you can ask me something when I'm in the office, but I'm concentrating on 50 different things. You know, if you, I'll say to people all the time, well, look, just, I'm happy to help you. Just email me like what, email me your question, email me what you want. And then when I read it, you know, you comprehend it better. So it's, it's good to understand not only um, how you intake that information, but if you're a manager, how you're, new employees, your younger employees, uh, intake information, right? Yeah. And we, and we've seen this right with, with companies we work with or, um, you know, certainly, uh, our alumni that we support and, and, and mentor occasionally, um, and, and some of the challenges that they have in the workplace either or, right? Like it could be the manager with the employee employee with the manager and really taking a step back, um, to understand that person, right. And, and communicate with them. And I've, I've, been in situations where, you know, uh, I've tried to 
help somebody solve a problem, but I, what I realized is the information intake uh, wasn't there, right? They weren't able to, one person wasn't able to receive that information, other person wasn't able to learn that information, right? So, um, you know, I think I'm probably a listener, uh, so a lot of times in meetings you'll, you'll see me try to take in information and write it down, right? Um, I think the nature of, of just reading all the emails that I get now as, as my role continues to evolve and, and, and I'm somebody that really needs to be in person, right, and, 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 and listen really carefully. Sure, and I don't think it's black and white either. No. I think you could say, no. like, I'm 80-20 something, right? Right. I, right. It's, it's not a, you don't have to choose a side here. It's just identifying, you know, the different ways of taking information. I'm, I'm a good listener, I think, when it comes to, uh, you know, we're in a meeting and you're describing a problem, but, you know, in certain situations, you have to be able to identify, look, write it in an email, you know, this type of question, and right. I'll try to understand it and dissect it right. a little bit better. So again, perfect segue by you. Um, you know, coming into the learning styles. And you yep. just mentioned that when you're in a meeting, you're listening and you're writing, right? Yep. And a couple of the learning styles that he mentions, and there's many, um, uh, are writer or talker, right? Mm-hmm. And he mentions those two specifically because some people, um, you know, learn by writing things down. And that's important to recognize in yourself. Do you need to write things down in notes? Mm-hmm. Um, to really understand it. So you may be listening or you may be reading something. Do you need to write that down again? And, and Peter Drucker gives a couple examples of people um, who, who have written things down and never look at their notes again, but it doesn't matter. That, that's a helpful uh, way for them to retain that information, right? Yeah, I, I mean, do you know, uh, you see me with my little black notebook all the time. Do you know how many times I, I go home at night and, and, and read my notes? No. No, I never. Oh, right. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so, so point is, is well taken. And I think, you know, the, the key point here is, is what you said earlier, which is it's not black and white, right? You've, you've still got to manage around uh, some of the other stuff. Uh, and, and especially when you're getting to know somebody. So, um, you know, ensuring that, um, you know, if, if you are a, a reader, right, um, that you find better ways to listen. If you are a listener, you know, it might take you a little bit more time to read. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, what I love about that book is the real life examples and, and that it's relatable. Um, and so, you know, for me, writing things down and being able to look at it at the moment um, helps me kind of, A, reflect very quickly, B, kind of formulate questions. Um, but I try very hard in meetings or even conversations to wait till the end to ask questions. And, and that's kind of my learning style. And uh, you know, what one part of, uh, of how I learn. Yeah, I think uh, the other example he gives is is a talker. Are you do you learn by talking? And I think this actually like I kind of fall into this category where um, we'll be in a meeting sometimes and I'll have everybody there and I'll get up on the whiteboard and start drawing stuff out and, uh, you know, you know, just writing down notes and things like that and explaining it to the group. You know, I'm not necessarily doing that so everybody else understands. I'm also learning as I'm doing that, you know, and it's helpful for me to work it out on a whiteboard or or things like that. So that could be another really good tactic for your team if you're trying to, you know, get your team to really understand a concept. If you've got people on your team that identify as, you know, talkers like that, let them get up there and talk it out for everybody. Right, right. That's critical, right? I mean, having them 
you know, each, it'd be nice if you can do it individually, but, you know, having people at least recognize different learning styles is important. Um, and so if everyone's on the same page, um, you know, it, it, I now have worked with you for a while. So when you get up on the whiteboard, I certainly know, and I see your thought process and, and you become appreciative of that process, right? Um, versus somebody else who, who, who might, might listen or, and learn through that process as well. Yep. Yep. Um, so not as great of a segue there, but, um, we'll, we'll just, we'll just go right into it. The sure. third part here. Sure. Um, sure. so again, the first part was what are my strengths? Second part, you know, knowing how do I perform? And then the third part, the third thing he really talks about are what are my values? Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably more of a question you want to ask yourself. Um, I guess when you're hiring somebody, what are their values? compared to my values, or if you're looking for a job or, or accepting a new position within your company or, or at a different company, but um, you want to make sure that your values align with, um, with the company's values. And I think, you know, we're in the sales arena, so I think the example he gave uh, in the book was actually really good, and the example he gave was um, a church, two churches, right? One church wants to uh, bring in as many That's people right. as possible, and another church wants to bring in the right people, right? Mm -hmm. And you know that kind of um, that kind of equates to a sales or sales organization, right? Is your goal to just bring in as many customers as possible, um, even if they're going to churn, right? Even if they don't fully believe in your product and you, they're not going to use it in um, and become a high value customer or are your goals to, you know, bring in the right customers that are going to stick around and become evangelists for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, you know, that was kind of a short one. Um, but I think it's important to know your values and know, you know, what's important because if your if your values don't align with the companies, you're not going to be happy. Right. And, and that goes same for hiring, right? With employees, right. That we see, right. Or do you, do you plan on just building and building and building a sales team or do you plan on finding the best talent, you know, training those people, supporting those people in the journey? Um, the good news is we're starting to see evidence, right, with, with, with some of those differences. But I think, you know, what, what, what Drucker kind of uh, advocates for is that there's a place for both, right, and, and um, kind of think through that. And, and your values should be defined by you, uh, again, through the experiences that you've had. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career to have several managers to have a lot of different experiences to formulate values of that kind of are the foundation of building launch source. So, so, um, I think, um, you know, certainly that piece is, 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 is a great one, but, you know, thinking about, you know, values. Uh, a, as a company and, and the type of customers, to your example, that you want to bring in, the type of customers you want to work on a day-in, day-out basis, but also applicable to employees and, and the type of team that you want to build and the type of team that, you know, you want to take to the next level, right? Uh, and and that's important. Yeah, and I think you and your team, like, need to talk about that. Um, we went through a really cool exercise as a team a couple of months ago where we, uh, you know, built out our our mission statement essentially right our company values and I think it was really cool to have everybody on the team really understand that and talk about it um, and you know it's one thing if it's up on a poster in the corner of the room or something but you know if you bring on a new employee it's important to talk about that stuff you don't just do it once and say yeah that's up there that, those, those, are, those are our company values like check them out like no you should understand that 
Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that helps managers and employees like stay on the same page and make sure they stick to that mission. Right. Right. Agreed. Um, so the last thing that's really in this book is kind of, um, it's geared toward people that are entering the second half of their life. Right. Um, but I think the point of, of what he writes, um, which is like, you know, when you get to the second half of your life, you might be a little bored with the job you're doing. Um, but if you, if you do a good job managing yourself, um, from an early on early stage, then you're actually going to become kind of more efficient and, uh, and you're going to have more time. And by the time you get to your second half of your life, you're going to, uh, be able to have whether, you know, either a second job or a hobby or some other purpose that you can devote a good amount of time to. Um, and it, and it won't seem like, you know, you're squeezing everything in, but it's about creating that, um, that passion. So, you know, I think a lot of people early on in their careers, you're starting, you're in an office, maybe you're thinking, oh man, like I can't, I can't see myself working in an office for 40 years. Like I certainly like can't like, you know, might happen i don't know (laughs) but um but i think the key takeaway is you know if you start to really understand yourself and your strengths and what makes you happy and your values and things like that um you're going to create more opportunity for you to do the things that you are passionate about and you're going to create more opportunity for you to discover the things you're passionate about as you get uh deeper into your career absolutely and 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 what's the key there How, how do you do that right in in the sec to get to that second half of your life it's just surrounding yourself with great people experiences right uh for and and right focusing on your strengths and then if you're able to do that and and you know if you're an individual and and focus that within your company or or you're doing that individually and going to different companies and getting those experiences surrounding yourself with other people I think the big thing, the other takeaway that's that's not really written in the book, but it's it's implied is you own this, right? This is about you, right? And so certainly this is a tool that managers or uh, I think we were talking about should a manager use it, but it's great for anyone, uh, whether you're working or not, whether you're an employer or not or manager, but you own this and you have the ability to surround yourself, gain experiences, uh, so that. You know, I'm certainly not there, I, even though I feel like it, you know, in the second half of my life. But, uh, you know, I, I, I can say, wow, uh, I've gained great experiences and I'm passionate and confident that I can do something else. Absolutely. Um, so I, I actually pulled out one, one, I guess, two sentences from the book that I kind of wanted to leave everybody with because yep. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it's called, it goes... Successful careers are not planned. They develop when people are prepared for opportunities because they know their strengths, their method of work, and their values. Knowing where one belongs can transform an ordinary person, hardworking and competent, but otherwise mediocre, into an outstanding performer. So mm-hmm. I think that that's just a, a cool takeaway from the book, something to remember. Um, definitely you, you want to you wanna start um, developing yourself early on in your career. And, you know, to become an effective manager and have a really great team, you want to develop those people on your team. So once again, I highly recommend this book, Managing Oneself by Peter F. Drucker. Um, I don't know. It looks, what does it cost? On the back of here, it says t- it's 10 bucks each, but it's yeah. definitely worth Get it on um, Amazon. I, I got it on Amazon. I'm actually ordering a couple books for some of our alum uh, because I believe in that, right? I believe in, in understanding your strengths. I believe in... Um, being able to 
uh, you know, that last sentence, right? That that life and and your career isn't just that linear path, and and anything that you know we can arm um, our alum and and people that we know uh, to kind of follow their passion and surround themselves with other experiences, right? That that's going to help. Uh, and certainly, I'm excited to to continue that journey uh, as we kind of explore and and we'll have like lessons of leadership, you know, uh, you know, over over the next several weeks. Definitely. And one last thing here is, you know, if you're listening as a manager and you're really passionate about uh, developing your team, but you don't necessarily have the tools or the resources to do so, um, that's what we're doing here at LaunchSource. Um, right. And we're really right. excited because we've got a new product coming out um, that we've slowly released to a couple uh, companies right now, a couple, couple different organizations. But um, we're soon going to release, uh, can, I, can I say that? Like yeah. Ignite, we yeah. call it Ignite. Yeah. And it's a great way for you to... Um, have kind of the fundamentals of, of professional development. Um, you're going to be able to add, you know, certain things that you want um, your your employees to study and to learn. But the coolest part is that um, it allows employees who learn differently, whether you're a listener or you're a talker, you're a kinesthetic learner, um, visual, all sorts of different uh, learning techniques. It incorporates all those techniques so that it kind of touches on everyone. It's a really cool modern approach to learning um, for modern employees, right? Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been working on this for what two years plus, yeah. right? Because yeah. uh, I think our philosophy wasn't just to to build something, and put it out there, but really learn through the experiences that we've had with great people. And and uh, I think you know the book ties in really nicely to this and and. Uh, more, more to come on it. We're really, really excited about this, and and we're excited because we know, uh, you know, coming from Bangkok and and you know representing the U.S. and and talking to other startups, uh, they were excited at at a global level that, um, you know, today when you think about training and development and when you think about professional development, it's a little bit broken, right? Or it doesn't exist, and we really want to empower, uh, you know, every person uh, that's working to really understand where their strengths are, support them through uh, a career journey and a life journey. And, and uh, more to come on that, but, but Chris, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're definitely excited. And end plug. <laughs> um, all right, I think that wraps it up for today. Thanks for listening to everybody. Susanka, welcome back to the Thanks. USA. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. <laughs>